So this morning, if you witness this video, it's based upon uh, Hebrews chapter 11. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Hebrews chapter 11, and some people have, have named it the Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith because of all of these incredible people that endured uh, what they endured. So we're going to look at, first of all, as we begin this series on faith and faith plus, because each one of these series, each one of these sermons is going to start out with faith plus something. Today it's faith plus family. And so Hebrews 11.1 1 says, this is a description of what most people say, what is faith. Give me the definition of faith. And in, in the New King James Version, the writer says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We see, we, how many of you have heard that verse a few times? How many of you have heard that verse many times? But how many of you know that most of the time we quote those verses, but we don't quote the second verse or the next verse that goes with it? And this is what I want to focus on this morning. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Say good testimony. So what's the it in the good, obtained a good testimony? What, what was the it that they're talking about? So we're going to be reading from the message. This is not a long message. This is, I had about 100 verses last week, and it's going to be about a, a, just a third of that this week. But if you have the, your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to start out with verse 1 in the message. I really love how the message speaks to these passages. Uh, the fun, besides, sometimes we get so locked into one translation that we don't even uh, open, expand to, to, to hear something different. And this is what the, the writer says. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Say, I can't see it. Okay? But it's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith, say the act of faith, is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. See, I believe every person has, that has faith to believe that Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, and that faith is active, it's a, and it's a faith that is growing. Every one of you that are, are in that place this morning, you are building a testimony. You are leaving a legacy and that kind of legacy is far more important than anything else you can leave your children. You might leave them a lot of money. You might leave them property. You might leave them an inheritance of some, something great. But if you don't leave them the legacy of faith, you have failed your children. You have failed your children. If all you're going to give them is a house or a car or a boat or a vacation home, or you're going to give them something other than faith, then you have failed your children. And we're talking about mothers today, but this applies to every one of us because we all are building a legacy. We're all building a testimony this morning. Say testimony. testimony. When these parents got up this morning, they promised the Lord what they would do for their children, didn't they? And what they are going to do for their children will pay eternal benefits that are passed on to their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and generations to come. That's why I like this, the name of this series. It's Faith Plus. See, your faith isn't just for you. Say, my faith isn't just for me. Sometimes we want to possess things. We want to hold on to them. And yet God says, no, this faith that I'm giving you is not just for you. Another, a great definition for faith is trust or confidence in someone or something, okay? But it's, 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 it's easy to define faith. It's easy. We can give you definitions all day long. How many of you like definitions? I like definitions. I like word studies. But if you don't live it, it's just a definition. If you just, oh, I know all of it. See, that's a relig religious talk. You may can talk the talk. 
But it's walking the walk. It's living out your faith every day that counts. Amen? So we have Hebrews chapter 11, 1 and 2. We've read those verses. Then it goes down this hall of faith. And it's, it's, it's Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. And all and on and on it goes to all these people by faith. By faith, they did all these things. But then it gets to this really bad part, you know. And it starts says, but some of those didn't realize the promise on this side. And they were sawn in two. They were scourged. They were whipped. They were beaten. They were set out into the wilderness. They had no place even call their home. It says, but they have, it, it happened to them and they also operated by faith. See, sometimes we want the good ending, right, with our faith, but it didn't always happen that way then. But I want you to look, we're going to run down to verse 39, and this is what addresses those that went through so much, hor- so many horrible things as they lived after, out their faith. It says, not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, the writer of Hebrews says, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. Ooh, and when I read this, I was just like, wow, that's faith plus. Have you ever thought about your faith being a completion of somebody else's faith? Have you ever thought about that? Your faith is a completion of somebody else's faith. It's Mother's Day, so maybe your faith is a completion of your mother's faith. Maybe your faith is a completion of your dad's faith. Maybe your faith is a completion of somebody else that had poured into your life. And that faith that they sowed into you and imparted to you is now the faith that you're now to impart to somebody else. Can I get an amen for that? Hebrews 12.1. Let's move on. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Listen today, I, I want to th- thank you. Some of you are pioneers of the faith in here. I, I'm going to look around this room, and I know pioneers of the faith. How many of you know what a pioneer of, a fa- of faith is? The pioneers that set things in motion, people that went and they taught and they believed and they taught their sons and they taught their daughters and they were pioneers of the faith. See, I'm looking at pioneers of the faith and I'm looking at pioneers of the faith to come. Pioneers to come. Pioneers to come. You know, how many of you have ever heard, oh, I'm the first, I'm the first uh, uh, boy in our class, I mean, in my family to go to college. Have you ever heard that? I'm the first girl in my, in my, in my family to go to, to go to college. And we hear about the, see that we have somebody has set them in a place where they become pioneers and they step out of the, the norm. See, some of you are the first people in your, in your family to really have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You become a pioneer when that happened in your life and you're going to set in motion, in motion, the rest of your family. You're going to impress, you're going to impart, you're going to impact the rest of your family for the cause of Christ to know Jesus Christ and you're going to impart faith to them. Amen. That's what God has called us to do as we talk about family this morning. Are you an imparter of faith? Are you a a pioneer in your family? You can be a pioneer that's gone before us, or you can be a pioneer right now, and God is raising up pioneers right here. I see you right now, pioneers in the faith right in this room. Say, I'm a pioneer of the faith. That means you're going to step out and lead somebody else to Jesus Christ. Some of you are going to... You're going, to, you're going to run this race, and you're going to run it well. 
See, you're running the race, you're fighting the good fight of faith. You're going to have to believe against all odds that you're making a difference in your family. And you know how you're going to have to do that? Listen how you're going to have to do that. Some of you are going to have to, if you're going to be a pioneer of the faith, some of you are going to have to abandon religion. Some of you have to just give up on religion. I'm not talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a religion. Religion it, it chokes the life out of people. Because the religion is all about rules and regulations. It's not about faith. It's not about, it's not about a personal relationship. It's not about walking in love. It's just rules and regulations. And you've got to step out. You've got to abandon faith. Others of you are going to have to say no to the world and its trappings. If you're going to be a pioneer of the faith, you're going to, some of you are allowing the world still to creep in and dictate. And listen, pioneers don't let anybody else dictate to them what they're going to be. They're going, you know, pioneers, I loved history in school. I loved geography. I love, you know, when, when Lewis and, and Clark, they, they went on an expedition. You know, people would go, uh, people would go where nobody said, you can't go there. And some people are going to be the naysayers in your family. And they're going to say, you can't say that. You can't do that. You can't speak that. And you've got to say, listen, I, I've got to listen to Jesus. I can't listen to you. I've got to be a pioneer in the faith. Pioneers in this room, others of you, you have to leave friends. You have to leave old mindsets. You have to leave habitual sins if you're going to pioneer and be a, an imparter of faith in your family. Amen? How are you going to walk this out? Look at verse 2. You keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it. I want to tell you something this morning. You cannot keep your eyes on Jesus without keeping your eyes in the Word. Oh, I just, I'm just led by the Holy Spirit. That's great. But how are you going to be led by the Holy Spirit when the world tells you something and you think it's the Holy Spirit because you don't know what the Word of God says? Because it, the, the world's a great imitator. The, the enemy's a great imitator, and he will, he's a great counterfeiter, if you will, and he will tell you and speak things, and they sound good. I mean, I've heard... Listen, I've heard people come to me and said, you know, Pastor, so, uh, the Holy Spirit told me to divorce this woman. I said, really? You know, I know God's word. And you know what he says about divor- divorce in God's word? It says God hates divorce. Amen. Oh, but that was, it was, this was the Lord. No, it was not the Lord. See, if you don't know the word of God, you can be led into error so easily. Because you don't, if you don't know the word, you don't know Jesus. Oh, well, you know, I'm just, I, I, me and Jesus were like this. Really? Are you really like this? And tell me what he's like. Well, uh, you know, man, he was cool. <laughs> he, he, man, he was awesome, dude. You know, no, you got to know who he is. If you don't know the word, you're not going to know who he is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He says, if you know the truth, you'll be set free. And he is the truth. Jesus, he's the word. He became flesh and he dwelt among men. He has the words of life. We read that last week. Where, where else could we go, Lord? You have the words of life. See, keeping your eyes on Jesus is to study and to concentrate on who he is. You do that by the word of, word of God. The apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11:1, 1, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate. How many of you grew up and you imitated somebody? And you want to be like somebody. Somebody tell me who you want to be. Robert, who'd you want to be? Davy Crockett. That was worth asking right there. I can see you now with the coonskin hat and the musket and the anybody else who, who who's somebody else who who'd you want to be? Deborah? You want to be like your sister? Oh. That's sweet. Okay. Anybody else? 
want to be, be like somebody famous like Ed? Julius Irving. Julius Irving. You don't have the hair for Julius Irving, brother. You want to be like your stepdad? Oh, that's an honor. Anybody else? Come on, Mark. Who'd you want to be? I don't know, just me. <laughs> Who? Anybody, anybody, anybody you imitated? I want to be like my mother. Want to be like your mother? Say, I want to be Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Switch hitter, elbow up. Number seven, all-time great Yankee. That's who I want. I want man, I imitated him. I, you know, I, he, he had so many injuries, I think I started faking injuries, you know? <laughs> Love Mickey Mantle. I read every book about Mickey Mantle in, in, in grade school. I go to the library, we had that summer reading program. Give me a book about baseball, give me a book about Mickey Mantle. I knew all about him, but until I got older, I didn't know nothing about him. He was a drunk. He was a womanizer. He was a man. Everybody thought they knew who Mickey Mantle was, and he came clean years later. You know, used to they protected heroes. Now they expose them. And I found out all these things about them later. Bobby Richardson, second baseman for the New York Yankees, number, number one. I knew the Yankees well because there were no Rangers, there were no Astros. All I got was the fall staff game of the week on Saturday, and it was always the Yankees playing somebody. Dizzy Dean, Pee Wee Reese, talking about the game of the week. And I found out later on that Mickey Mantle, was, as he was dying, he... Bobby Richardson, who loves Jesus, called him up and said, Mickey, I need to talk to you about Jesus. And he got to lead Mickey Mantle to the Lord. And his latest stage of his life, he was like, he was like you know, that deathbed confession, so to speak. See, I, I, was, one, I was imitating the wrong person. I, Bobby Richardson was imitating Jesus. Bobby Richardson was doing what he was supposed to do and imparting faith to Mickey Mantle. And someday I'll get to go to heaven and Mickey Mantle will be in heaven because somebody stood up and imparted faith to him. Is that going to be you or you can impart faith to somebody? Verse 12, 3a, because he, Jesus, never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. New King James says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Moms and dads, listen to me this morning. This is from my heart. What are, you, what are you willing to endure to pass the legacy of faith on to your children? What are you willing to endure? You know what? We think parenting, it's not easy. Marriage isn't easy. That's why we need faith to rise up in our marriages, faith to rise up in our families. And it starts with moms and dads. What are you willing to sacrifice for your children? Just like Sandra was saying this morning, Dr. Sandra was talking about this, maybe uh, sacrifice a meal so your kids can have food. What are you willing to sacrifice for your children? Will you take a stand against the influence of the world and give your children what they need, not what they want? It is so easy to placate our children because mom and daddy are having a good time. And so we just give them this or we give them that. Go to your room. Shut up. Read this. Watch that. Here's your iPad. So we don't have to teach our children. It's going to get quiet in here. We need to give them what they need, not what they want. In our culture today, parents have pushed the compromise button over and over and over so they could keep their children happy. Listen, you were made as a mom and dad to keep your children happy. You were to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's what you were called to do. 
And if happiness comes along the way, that's great. I wasn't always happy as a kid because sometimes my mother and dad said, you've got to do this. Well, I don't want to do that. But they said, you better do it. <laughs> they admonished me, you know, <laughs> encouraged me. <laughs> Thank you, mother and dad, I think. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word train means to do just what these parents said this morning. It means to dedicate. Woo, isn't that good? It means to introduce to. That's that pioneer spirit and to discipline. As Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And you fathers do not, we're not going to let the, just the mothers have it all today. We'll give the fathers some. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition. That's teaching of the Lord. And what is that? That's teaching them to trust Jesus. 12.3b says, and now he's here, that's Jesus, in the place of honor, right alongside God. See, Jesus fulfilled his destiny, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. If you fulfill your destiny in Christ, one day you will be standing in the presence of the Lord. You know, a lot of people, you've heard the old joke, there's no, there's no U-Hauls behind the hearse. Have you heard that? You can't take it with you. you y'all, know, y'all know that? I remember a funny story about, there were these five guys who went to their, one of their best friend's funerals, and uh, they all owed him 100 bucks. Maybe you've heard this before. So if one, one after one, they would take $100 and they put it in the guy's coffin. One, two, three, four. The fifth guy walks up. He picks up the $400 and writes a check for 500 and puts that in the cat. Because he knew that guy couldn't take it with him. Pretty smart guy. Can't take it with you. But here's what you can do. Because I would, I would disagree a little bit with that. Because you know what you can take with you or who you can take with you? The people you've imparted faith to and they've come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord, their Lord and Savior. That's who you can bring along with you. They may go before you get there. But you know when you impart faith to them and they trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you're going to reap it. You're going to see it. You're going to rejoice like the angels do when one sinner repents. You're going to rejoice. John 17, 24, it says, Jesus is praying. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Okay, that's heaven. That they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Jesus, listen, Jesus wants you to be where he is. Jesus, think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, wants you, 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 all of you to be where he is. All of us to be where, where he is. I don't know about you, but I want my family to be there when I get there or I want my family to show up later. I want to see my family in heaven. Do you want to see your family in heaven? Then you better start imparting some faith to them. The, first, the last part of verse 3 says, When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That, like this, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Woo! And listen, when you start... Listen, all of us don't walk that perfect walk of faith every day. We just don't. And some of us, when our faith, listen, if you're a part of a family, how many of you are part of a family? Some of you, I don't know. (laughs) If you're part of a family, you're going to go through some things, trials and tribulations, things that stress you, things that bring fear. All these things are going to happen. They're just going to happen. Our faith is not always at this high level. You know, like it is like this morning, Sunday morning, you all have your faith levels way up there. 
But with all the things that come with family, the disappointments and the setbacks and the cares of this world, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that when we start having a struggle, go back and look at Jesus. Go back and remember what he did for you on the cross. Go back and remember what he did for you on the, on the whipping post. Go back and remember what he did for you when they accused him of being a criminal and a liar and all these horrible things that they accused him of. And they pierced his, his hands and his feet and his head and his side. Go back and remember what Jesus did for you that that legacy of faith would be passed on to you. Before Paul was mar- martyred, he said this. It's kind of like his, 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 last, his last words in 2 Timothy 4, 6. He said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. See, he didn't just keep it. Listen. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I don't know how many thousands of people Paul led to the Lord. But he wasn't going to do it just for him. Don't do it just for you. Don't give your life to Jesus just for you. Matter of fact, that's a little bit selfish. When you give your life to Jesus, and most of you in this room have already done that, understand he did that for you, for others. I want to read one more passage, and we'll close. Because this just speaks to this message. Romans 1.11. This is in the expanded Bible. This is Paul speaking. He said, I want very much, I long to see you, to give, impart to, or share with you some spiritual gift to make you strong. I mean that I want us to help each other be mutually encouraged and comforted with the faith we have by each other's faith. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you, both yours and mine. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, my faith will help you. And I want you to look at your, other, look at your neighbor and, 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 re, and I want you to say, and your faith will help me. Did you stand this morning?